Is communion the body and blood of Jesus and taking that body and blood in the form of bread and wine at communion, is that barbaric? Is there a hell, a literal hell? And if there is a literal hell, will people go there? Does God ever get angry? Is God judgmental? Are Christians to tolerate everything? These are some of the questions that have been rattling around in my brain lately. Hi, everybody. Brian Sussman here. Hidden headlines, faith, family, freedom. More on me at briansussman.com and my Instagram page at Show. I produced this episode because I have some friends who have been drawn into some strange religion. They no longer believe tenets of the faith that are so basic. For example, the body and blood of Jesus which is represented in the form of bread and wine at communion, they believe that that's, quote-unquote, barbaric. I have other friends who honestly believe there is no hell and everyone is going to get saved. They also believe that God never gets angry and that he would never, ever judge. He's here to love. And as such, as followers of Jesus, we are to tolerate everything, even sin that is contrary to God's will. This is something known as the emergent church. I've been so concerned that I've been doing a lot of research on this lately, and I thought I would share some of my research with you and then bring in an expert to inform us a bit more on this. The emerging church or emergent church is what it's called. It's a church movement that's been around for quite some time, actually. In fact, some will tell you it goes back all the way to the very beginning of the church itself with the Gnostics the people who know all. One of my friends who's involved in an emerging church movement has told me, oh, I know so much more about my faith than I used to know. I know so much more about the Bible than I used to know. My eyes have been opened. I've been enlightened. I'm much farther along in my development than I was years ago with you, Brian. It's interesting. Then you could ask these people about Scripture, and you realize that they know nothing. They're not rooted and grounded in God's word. They're actually believing another gospel. This emerging or emergent church movement takes its name from the idea that as culture changes, a new church should emerge in response. It's very postmodern. Though postmodernism began really in the 1950s, this church didn't seem to conform to its tenets, so to speak, until about the 1990s. But again, you can go back in time, and this movement was around way back when Jesus was around. The Gnostics, the people who know all. Postmodernism, it's thought of as a dissolution of cold, hard facts in favor of warm, fuzzy subjectivity. In other words, a lot of these people in the emerging or emergent church look at Christians, for example, like me, and say, you're too rigid. You're too legalistic. You don't have enough grace. You're full of judgment. Shame on you because you believe every word in the Bible, including, quote-unquote, the rapture. The emerging or emergent church movement falls into line with basic postmodern thinking, and I would call that personally stinking thinking. It's about experience over reason, subjectivity over objectivity, spirituality over religion, image over words, feeling over truth. Let me illustrate why this doesn't work. For example... Experience. When it's valued more highly than reason, truth becomes relative. 
And that's what you get in this movement, a lot of relativity. In fact, when you try to drill down on what these people actually believe in terms of a doctrine, it runs the complete gamut. But generally speaking, they don't want to tell you exactly what they believe. But getting back to relativism, relativism for just a moment, it opens up all kinds of problems because it destroys the standard that the Bible contains absolute truth. It destroys the standard that biblical truth is absolute and rock solid. You see, if the Bible is not our source for absolute truth and personal experience is allowed to define and interpret what the truth actually is, then a saving faith in Jesus Christ is rendered meaningless. At the end of the day, this is more like universalism. So in other words, religious practices from all religions are accepted, tolerated. There's a little truth in all of them. But again, at the end of the day, everyone is going to go into heaven. There's no hell. There's no judgment. The Bible's great white throne of judgment or the judgment seat of Christ are they're religious things that we find in the Bible that we're not to take literally. At least this is what some of these emergents will tell you. Uh, there's another character that pops up in all of this named Rick Warren. He had a very popular book called The Purpose Driven Life. He actually said back in 2004 that we can find truth in other religions. He said, I've learned a lot of truth from other religions because they all have a portion of the truth. But friends, is this nothing less than universalism? Universalism teaches that all religions hold elements of truth and no religion or religious teacher is fully right or wrong. But what about Jesus when he said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You see, this is a movement that cherry picks the gospel. There are certain things they like and there are certain things they don't like and the things they don't like, they don't want to talk about. For example, the book of Mark, chapter 16, verse 16, where Jesus says, believe and be baptized and you will be saved. But if you don't believe, you'll be condemned. I mean, Jesus said that. What about the judgment of all the inhabitants of the earth during the great flood? I guess they don't want to talk about that either. What about all the times the nation of Israel was severely judged by the Lord their God? What about the judgment we read about in the book of Revelation? These things, they would say, are not to be taken literal. So this has been the six and a half minute setup for my guest. The very first guest I had on my radio show in San Francisco on KSFO was Dr. Charlie Self. He's the guy that I referred to as having more degrees than a thermometer. Well, one of his PhDs is actually in history. The other is actually in theology, and he's worked as a pastor for many, many years, and he's got some great books out, and he's got a book out that we're going to be talking about in just a moment. At least it'll be coming out any day. So he's the guy that I'm going to go to to break down this emergent church movement. Dr. Charlie Self. How are you, doctor? Thanks for joining me on Hidden Headlines. A delight to be with you and a really important subject for how we're going to understand what the Christian faith is in this century. Dr. Self, this is all very concerning to me because I see so many otherwise wonderful people being sucked into this, this mindset, this mentality, this new theology. But this is really no surprise to you because you've been studying this for many, many years, haven't you? Yes. And one of the things to understand, what you're describing is 
is what I would describe on the spect on a spectrum of the word emerging, of something that is heretical, that is essentially moving away from historic Christianity. Uh, Christianity Today, almost 25 years ago, wrote an article called "The Five Streams of the Emergent Church." Interesting. And uh, what you've described are a couple of the streams that are reacting to both the modern world as postmoderns and also reacting to the word evangelical. How much of this is just people who are angry with the church, angry in particular with uh, white Christian evangelicals who might be right wing? You're describing a lot of women and men who in their desire to not identify with conservatism or Republican politics in America mm -hmm. or other things that have been associated with the word evangelical, they want to redefine what Christianity is going to mean for a new millennium, for a new century. And the question is that redefine Christianity, uh, by the way, is just a new form of Gnostic or pagan thinking that keeps infecting uh, history all, you know, for two millennia. Well, now you sense my frustration and my concern here. I, I believe that this theology is not moving people towards eternal life. It's moving them towards uh, eternal damnation. Is that a stretch, Dr. History? No, no. In the case of the more radical emergent movements, they're, they're quite explicit that they're not going to hold the Bible up as an infallible source for faith and practice. They're quite explicit that there's universal salvation regardless of the pathway, and they're quite explicit that uh, moral strictures that have been the norm in every Christian tradition, well, they don't quite understand our modern take on things, so those need to be loosened and changed as well. I've read some of the writings from the leaders from this movement. These are angry people. These are people who are angry at the church, angry at evangelicals in particular, angry even at God. So talk to me about that. How many people move into this because they just, they're ticked off at that old time religion? It, it, that's what you're, at least it, it, it's bordering on that. Um, and then the in-between group are just a whole bunch of folks that know they don't want their parents or grandparents' religion, but they really do want Jesus. Mm -hmm. And and there's a lot of hope here. Yeah. They're just they're they're trying to they're trying to find their own faith. Now, some of the, what you hear about deconstructing my faith, right? You right. hear that phrase all the some of it's just rebellion and narcissism on the part of people that don't want to be told morally what to do by the Bible. Right. Others have been deeply wounded. I have a lot of folks that I help to encourage that have been deeply wounded by re religious institutions, by people who added to the word of God the other way with right. legalism and, and oppression. So um, I think, but the thing to be alert to is, are they affirming biblical historical Christianity? Are they calling people to repentance Right. and faith, right. and the lordship of Christ, not perfection instantly, but are they calling people to real faith? And can I give you some good news? I want to give you some good news. I, I need some good news, and then I have more questions for you, Dr. Yeah, no, I, I want to give a piece of good news. In one group I'm with, we surveyed 20 and 30-something spiritual leaders who were Christians, and we said, how do we re-engage a new generation with the gospel? You know what they said? Number one, don't compromise the gospel. Don't compromise the scripture. These are 20 and 30-somethings, and they're not right-wing or left-wing. They're just 20, 30-somethings on the front lines. Number two, 
They said, don't go off the left wing or right wing cliff. Don't be identified with an ideology. Be identified with Jesus. And then number three, demonstrate by your life what you declare with your lips. And you know what? That is the best news I've had to hear from these folks. They don't want to just go along with whatever wave is going on and be tossed about. They want something solid. Charlie, let's take a quick moment. I just want people to hear about this upcoming book. You have one that's just about to be released. I want listeners of Hidden Headlines to be aware of this book and purchase it. Well, our new book, which goes live next week and uh, on um, on our website and on our store is called... And the website, Life. by the way, is drcharlieself.com. Right. There will be a link next week to the, the, the store, and it's called Life in 5D, A New Vision of Discipleship. And myself and my co-authors have spent 13 years um, and extensive research a- answering one simple question, what does a healthy... Christian look like in every dimension of life. And so we look at spiritual, emotional, relational, vocational, and occupational life. And and we ask simple questions of hundreds of leaders around the world and thousands of people who've used our assessment. And we just basically asked, what does health look like? And for the first time, we can describe a comprehensive picture and you can actually assess how you're doing. So we're excited about that. And then other books are on my website. But this is the new one, which I think is going to be a game changer. As we move away, we move away from programs to real fruitfulness. And by the way, we're not expecting people to instantly remember everything we've written in the book. But we do expect to be able to answer this question. What does it mean to follow Jesus at 3 p.m. on Tuesday or 2 a.m. when the baby's crying or when things aren't going well? What does it really mean to be healthy? And we're pretty excited about that because COVID unveiled the fact that programs don't make people healthy. What makes people healthy is real intimacy with Jesus and connecting every part of life together. Okay, so I think that's wonderful. And again, the the title of the book, hold it up for me so I can see it. We're recording this on Zoom. title is Life in 5D. Life in 5D, a a new vision of discipleship. I will highlight that accordingly. And by the way, Dr. Charlie Self's website is drcharlieself.com. So in your opinion, Charlie, what's the best way to approach a friend, a family member, a neighbor, a coworker who finds themselves in this emergent stream? I mean, I want to do a rescue. I want to pull people out of this and get them in the lifeboat of truth. But what's the best way to handle this? Well, let me ask. Uh, I think we engage by asking a few questions first. Mm-hmm. So as they speak these ideas that you've been enumerating uh, with passion and good articulation, we ask a simple question. Um, Is there truth outside of ourselves? Is there truth outside of our own subjective experience? Mm -hmm. Because these folks are all lost in my truth instead of at least the pursuit of the truth. Got it. First question. Second question is, um, Who is Jesus to you? And many of these folks who are just sort of, they're starting to wade in these streams or put their toes in it. They're they're in reaction to Mm -hmm. a particular subculture of religion. They're not 
always in reaction against Jesus, they need to rediscover the red letters all over again. In fact, there was a movement 20 years ago called Red Letter Christians, who were sort of progressive Christians, and they said, we go for the red letters. We like Jesus more than Paul, they would say. And I used to laugh when I would debate with them. I said, all the red letters, including the ones about hell, including the ones about adultery, including the ones about taking up a cross. And then they started getting nervous. So what we have to do is, so first question, what is your source of truth? Second question, who is your Jesus? How do you understand Jesus of Nazareth? Uh, I think a third question is, what does it mean to be human? What does it mean to be human and male and female? Because the two crises underneath all of this mm -hmm. are the nature of knowledge and what it means to be human, because those are up for grabs right now. And all of these emergent people, they don't want to criticize anybody, even if it's self-destructive of their God-given humanity. Wow. And so I think the final question I would ask them is, um, how much of what you're doing is a reaction to your emotional and relational experiences in whatever your former religious community was? Mm -hmm. Because so many people define their lives against something instead of for something. Okay, Brian, let me be vulnerable with you. In 43 years of marriage and ministry, Kathy and I have experienced the uh, entire range of the goodness and beauty of the church, and we've been spiritually abused and lost everything materially a couple of times as well. Mm -hmm. We understand there are moments, but we do not define our life by our tragedies. We define our life by the hope that's found in the faith of Jesus Christ. Brilliant. And so I think those are four questions I would ask. Where's your where does truth come from? How mm -hmm. are you, who is your Jesus? Yep. And um what does it mean to be human and male and female and then finally um hey have you processed some of your some of your hurts and your wounds so that you're not living in reaction yes. but you're, you're you're living in hope. Beautiful. Beautiful, beautiful. DrCharlieSelf.com is the website, my website, BrianSussman.com, and this is Hidden Headlines. Charlie, thanks for being with us. I, I hope that this has been a beneficial program for our listeners, and I really like what you said in the very at the very tail end of all this. I want people to know who they are in Jesus and be affirmed of the fact that he is for them and not against them. Absolutely. And the the wonderful thing that Bible says explicitly, 2 Corinthians 5, 17, mm -hmm. we are new creations in Christ Jesus. Literally, the, the future that we anticipate of a new heavens and new earth by the Holy Spirit already is getting started in us. And that means body and spirit in community as well as personally, something new is happening, but it's not divorced from the truth of Scripture, from the death and resurrection of Jesus, and from tangible relationships with one another. Right on. And I will give you the last word. Thank you very much. DrCharlieSelf.com, BrianSussman.com, the website, and also my Instagram, at Show. Charlie, thanks for being with us, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Until next time, may God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours through our Lord Jesus the Messiah and God the Father. Thanks so much, everyone.